Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Michael Patton. I've got a really good friend named Tad. You may have already heard. We've had conversations for a long time. Conversations about God. I've been trying to get him to come to God. He's been stubborn, but lately he's lightened up a lot. We're having great conversations right now, and I thought the conversations are so good. His questions are so good. The conversation is just so beneficial that other people could benefit as well. I asked him if it was okay for us to record these conversations. He said yes. So here is Conversations with Tad number two. All right. Well, but anyway, so you're watching the creation of the soul. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You said that was your favorite. I, I, it's interesting. And, and I'll tell you, why, real, I can do this real quick when you get to heaven. Uh, I, as you know, you know, I'm a medical company for 20 years and yeah. worked on um, a lot of cadavers and would have to set these cadavers up in different labs to do um, sales presentations. And there was one or two actually that, uh, one was a, a, a heavier fella that wasn't quite thought out enough. And so I had him go back and thaw him out. And this other oh, lady, I couldn't. What does that yeah, mean? Um, it's just, we're a slab of meat without a soul. That's okay. where I'm going with this. Okay. And so <clears throat> I couldn't, um, we couldn't cut into them. So I, I had to get to, I had to prep all the bodies before the surgeons got there. Oh, I see. Okay. I was yeah. Thinking. And this guy was just too cold for me to cut into. And so then um, there was another one we were doing. Uh, I couldn't get her eyes closed. And so she's just keeps staring at me, this cadaver. And that's when I learned right then. I go, we are literally a slab of meat. Yeah. There's got to be something more to us. And I think I called you after that. This is probably 30 years ago. Yeah. And that's when I started really thinking there's more to us than a slab of meat and that's where that soul thing got on me well it's and, funny that, that class it was uh i remember uh, preparing for that class and you know each one of them i tried to prepare it to where we could go an hour and then maybe put in 30 minutes of questions because we had an hour and a half and i thought we're not going to get past 15 minutes on this one because yeah. it's so small it's just where did the soul come from i'm going to get in there people are going to be disinterested it's not that big a deal i mean i'm really interested and in i get excited about it but that was the longest class we had it was the i mean after class we had lines of people out of all the 60 classes i taught in the theology program and i mean we're talking eschatology the end times we're talking you know the trinity and every, all the hard here's the one creation of the soul and everybody wants to talk about it and they were so excited about it and it's funny that you wrote me last night and you said i'm watching the creation of the soul and it's my favorite so far and it is that was this morning that, that was this morning yeah yeah, okay. yeah. but you know it's funny because it is whenever you're talking about the creation of the soul i think it's because we have such a disjunct between what it is that we have believed what it is that culture teaches what it is that you kind of for some reason naturally think when we talk about spirits and ghosts and your ghosts leaving your body or the, even going to heaven like the heaven thing and how how the soul relates to the how the soul relates to the body right and this this has to do with our heaven thing because we we have problems for some reason realizing that we are supposed to be flesh and blood that's what we're supposed to be. 
What, why do you think that is? We, we were taught that and that's all we can see, you know? Uh, but when I'm talking about the cadavers, I, I, you can't see their soul because it's gone, but I know for fact, and I'll argue with anyone till however you want to, till, till I meet their soul, that we are just a slab of meat and that soul is just carrying us around. We're kind of a carrier is what we are. And it's interesting. Um, it's interesting. I love the way that you put it. Rome said, uh, your, your partner there asked probably every question I could have asked. And I like uh, the dichotomy of you two, but it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Rome and I have fun together. I mean, it, it really was yeah, a great cool. dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, he was, he was funny. We, we, we kind of like, that's kind of what we're trying to do here is have the same type of dynamic because, you know, it's, as long as you can make, as long as you're not taking yourselves too seriously and neither you or I take ourselves too seriously, it works out. Okay. And Rome didn't take me too seriously, which was really nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you, 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 I know some of your faces when you were, uh, when you were, when he was talking about something, I know, I know we know each other. Yeah. Well. You're I, like, I know what he's thinking. So I, I, I can see some of your faces going, okay, dude, shut up. Well, here's the deal, Tad, though. Here's what I'm trying to say with regard to the body, the soul, and relationship to heaven is that ultimately, whatever God created us, think of it this way. Think if, if the fall never happened, Adam and Eve never sinned, we never, we never, we never died. When we were, we, live the way we're, we were supposed to live and, uh, you know, the way we're, we're going to be living for all eternity, but we never had that separation. And death is, death in the Bible and death really in any circumstance is just separation, right? It's uh, the separation of the body from the soul. It's never non-existence. Death does not mean to cease to exist. It means a separation. Whenever you say, you know, uh, whenever you say we die, uh, God told Adam and Eve, and the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, they didn't, stops breathing they who are separated from god whatever you know you say to somebody or you know you you see somebody say to their friend or to to their uh family member you're dead to me that means you're separated from me type thing okay so we only have one soul yeah yeah so when you get reborn does all that stuff go behind you all the stuff that we got blamed for before we were you know as we're a baby or do we start over with a brand new soul and get a brand new set of sins? Because I'd rather have the baby sins than the sins I've had since then. No, no, we're the, we're the same soul. Their soul is uh, there. There. What do we get? What do we get blessed for? I mean, what does he forgive? As far as the soul thing goes, because you guys were talking about if the baby dies, he's not going like he he dies with sin. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or the, she, or she. The baby is infected just like we are. I mean, whenever Adam sinned. He sinned for all of humanity. I mean, the, not the flesh of humanity, not the, just the soul of humanity. He was the representative. He, it, God could have turned his back on all of humanity at that moment and just said, all right, you guys go your own way. You guys have chosen. And it's just Adam at that point, Adam and Eve. And he, whenever he says, you guys have chosen, he's saying all of humanity. So therefore, all of humanity was separated from God. And all of humanity had to get a new representative that would bring them back so that there would be a restoration that that uh, the the death could be healed, and there was, that's what we talk about the new birth, being born again. That being born again simply means 
that what well, that which happened in the garden where God separated from humanity, you are coming back together with God. Okay, so that has nothing to do with the soul. Yeah, it does. It has everything to do with soul. I mean, the soul is is you. The soul is you. Your body is you. That was supposed to stay together. There was never supposed to have this this death to where there was this breach, this unnatural breach. This this. I mean, it, it's very unnatural and it's it's very violent. This this thing that happens between your body and your soul because your you have soul. Your soul is in your cells. Your soul is in your brain. Your soul is in your fingers. Your soul soul is in your fingertips. It is. It is everywhere. It is part of who you are, and it's integrated in and with. It's not a separate thing that is like, okay, any, you know, people talk about having experiences where they have outer body experiences, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't really think of it that way. I mean, they, these outer body experiences, they're not, you, you can't rip your, your soul away from your body without death, without this violent breach that happens. They were supposed to stay together. You were supposed to be one. The humanity as a person, you're only you're only a full human if you have a body and a soul. That's why Paul, whenever Paul, whenever he's talking about it, he says, I'd rather go with be with Jesus. I'd rather die and be with Jesus. But I don't really want to be without a body. Nobody wants to be without a body. We were never supposed to be without a body. We don't function right without a body. The body is the way in which the uh, soul is animated in this universe and so therefore it was never intended to not have a body so this this thing just just think of yourself being in heaven and yes you're you're excited right let's talk about the intermediate state let's call that heaven for right now that's where god is where you where you go when you die and think of yourself as having died and you going up to jesus saying when are you going to come back when are you going to come back and you're bugging jesus all the time because you're like you say i just need my body i need my body this doesn't work right i'm not functioning right and that is true that is very true we are not going to function right for a while and we will be anxious in a way anxious in the way of excitement and the anxious in the way of i can't wait for the day i can't wait to get my soul back there is not a rest in heaven in the intermediate state after you die because your soul needs your body that's what that's the main thing that you have to you have to understand it was so, it is so integrated it's so much a part of who we are you cannot you cannot think of this spirit just kind of walking around just being happy without the body so we're going to have the same we're going to look the same in heaven now in heaven are you talking about at this point this intermediate state of existence before in, we, intermediate state of existence are we going to are we going to have like will we will recognize ourselves i have no idea the bible says very little about the intermediate state it's called personal eschatology of the intermediate state and that that intermediate state of existence it's here's all we know this is all we know is that it is better because we're with the Lord, but it's bad because we're without our body. Okay. So how, so I'm just going to know I'm me because of my soul. I won't recognize myself. Maybe if, if there's, yeah, a I don't mirror. think there's going to be any mirrors. You're not going to walk by a mirror in heaven and look at yourself, fix your hair, whatever. Now <laughs> I, I say that I say that, but at the same time, there are two instances in the Bible where you have, where you have in, um, in um, Samuel, where Saul, this king, goes and he, he's getting ready to go to war and he's scared. So he wants to go to the prophet that used to be alive and tell him whether he was going to win the war or not. But the prophet's dead, so he goes to a witch, the witch of Endor. And he tells the witch of Endor to bring Samuel back because he needs to know whether he's going to win the war. 
and the witch actually brings him back and it says samuel comes back and she, the witch screams and gets scared because he actually came back and uh, saul said what do you see and she said i see Sa i see an old man with a with a long robe on so that's kind of weird because here we have the soul because his body was gone the soul having some type of recognition uh, at that point at least to the witch of endor and it looked like he was whenever he died. He still had gray hair. He was still old. He still wore that. Is the Bible or the Lord of the Rings? No, this is the Bible. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Witch of Endor. Yeah, they're not supposed to go to witches. This is just a, basically a, a medium, a, a spiritualist that right, would right. call somebody back from the dead. And then I there's the other you. time where Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. And uh, he goes up the, on top of this mountain. And Peter and John and James go with them. And they're the only one of the apostles. He invites them to go. They're kind of the inner circle of Jesus' apostles, Peter, John, John, and James. And Peter, it says, Jesus began to shone or or shine with the with the what's called in the Bible the kind of glory of God. Uh, uh, he was just shining. And then all of a sudden, two people were standing beside him. And it says, one was Elijah and one was Moses. Now, it's interesting to me because I'm like, how in the world did they know it was Elijah and Moses? Maybe they said, you know, walked up to Jesus and said, hey, I'm Elijah and I'm Moses or introduced themselves to the apostles. Or maybe Jesus said their names. Hey, Elijah, Moses. Hey. <laughs> but the thing is, there was some type of recognition of them at that point in their soul. So I'm not saying that there you cannot animate yourself in the soul or maybe it's just God allowed them to be animated at that point. Or I also, you could, I mean, maybe there is some visibility that God allows you to have for the soul once you get to heaven. I don't know. It is. It doesn't tell us very much about that. All I can tell you is what we're going to be whenever we raise from the dead, whenever our soul reconnects with our body. Then we're going to have the same DNA. We're going to have the same, you know, and that's that's the best way to look at it is the DNA is going to be the same. Uh, if there's so if I'm type O here. I'll be type O there. Yeah, there's no yeah. reason to think you want to be. Why would it? Why would it change? Why would this? Okay. Well, that's what I'm asking. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's. I'm the one asking the questions here. No, no. I'm just saying. I'm saying in general. Why would it change? It's really cool. We're gonna be the same. Yeah. I had to deal with this, Tad, with mostly when Ranji died because me and my family sat around and talked about it. And here, here's what my mom said. Here's what my sisters were saying. They said, I said we were trying to comfort each other and I was trying to give the basic, you know, yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll be with him forever. Her forever. We'll see her one day. Right. I mean, it's just kind of that one of those things. That. I remember. Yeah. But, but here's, here's what they started saying. Yeah. But it's going to be different. And th they were saying this. Yeah. But type thing, like you're not comforting me at all because I've lost Angie as she is. And as I know her and as I love her right now. And the whole idea is, I'm going to lose this special relationship with her. Um, she will love everybody the same. Now, now Angie, once we get to heaven, there's this idea that we everybody will love everybody the same. It's simply not true. Okay. Well, I got a funny story about Angie loving me the same. I hope she loves me better. Yeah, she, yeah. One night. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, but okay, and then then they said, yeah, but she'll she'll lose the the weird dynamic idiosyncrasies of her personality. And I'm like, why in the world would that be? I mean, did, did, did idiosyncrasies of your personality, did, did special things about you get introduced at the fall? 
And now once sin's gone, we're all going to be the same. We're all going to act the same. We're all going to look this. It's going to be very, very much in the new or on the new earth like it is. now. People are going to be so surprised, especially Christians, especially people who have, uh, you know, because most of Christians these days think that we're I mean, they they they, they think we're going to be playing harps on clouds and it's going to be kind of this celestial otherworldly type existence yeah, yeah. where we can fly and you know i've heard people say i can't wait to get to heaven we so can't I, fly yeah. in heaven no why would you be able to because you talked about gravity earlier on that video i watched i said there's still if, if gravity was introduced did here, here's what here's the way to look at it um whenever adam and eve fell did gravity suddenly start No, I'm not in this for a debate. I'm here to ask questions, dude. I am not trying to debate you. This is the way I. I don't know. I, I, you know what? I don't think anybody knew. I, I, I don't think you know because no, I do. I do. Know. That, no, you don't because do. you weren't there, and you don't know gravity. I mean, maybe was the apple supposed to fall? I know as well as I know everything, and that I don't know everything <laughs> perfectly. So yes, <laughs> I, if, if right. you're saying, do I know for certain? I don't even know if any of this is true. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm just persuaded that it is. Right. Right. But, yeah. I mean, was the if the apple fell out, is that anti gravity? I mean, the gravity. You're thinking of Isaac Newton, dude. <laughs> well, I'm talking to you right now. It doesn't say anything about you the apple. You it doesn't even say it's apple. It says it's a fruit tree or. A yeah. Why well, wasn't it born? So we it could have been a pear. Yeah, that's. True. I mean, we that's don't know. True. That is yeah. true, but it probably was an apple. Well, the Bible says so in the Old Testament. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't say it was an apple. So what's your... It doesn't? Uh-uh. just said it was a fruit. Fruit to make you wise. That's it. So why have I thought apple my whole life? I don't know, because that's everybody says apple. Take a bite of the apple. That's the whole idea. But no, it doesn't say it. Could, be, could have been a banana. <laughs> oh, man. But... Uh, but but you you get the point here is that whenever God created everything, he he said he, he created everything saying it's good it's good it's good. He created the the uh, the stars and the moon and the sun and said it's good. He created the land said it's good. He created the animals said it's good. He created and then he created man and he said this is very good. And so this is kind of the theme that's building in Genesis chapter one through three. But whenever he's done, this is very good. And so here's God and he and he made everything. Land, sea, sky, people walking on the earth because, of, you know, there's gravity. They have to they have to work. He said, I'm giving you all of the garden to to uh, to cultivate and build, subdue the world, take control of the world. And and you're, you're going to discover the rest of your life all kinds of great things. That was kind of the idea. God was giving. I mean, God was creating this stuff to share with himself and say, you don't understand how cool it is to be me. I'm going to try to give you little bits and pieces. Yeah. And that's what they did. They started and they fell right off the bat. I mean, I think they fell within five or 10 minutes. I'll tell you the reason why. Let me, let me tell you the reason why you like this. Because right. because people say, well, they could have, they could have, uh, like this. they could have been, uh, you know, in the garden for thousands of years before the fall happened or hundreds of years or 10 or 20 years, whatever. Right. And I said, no, they couldn't. There's no way. <clears throat> and I, I said uh, there was only there was only a few commands given at the very beginning one of them was don't eat the apple tree that was the don't but there was a do 
And the first thing that Adam said to Eve, or uh, God said to Adam was, be fruitful and multiply. And Eve is sitting right in front of him naked at that point, okay? And you think he's going to say, nah, wait a thousand years. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that was like, so, so before, we've before, all been there. We've all, hey, we've all been there. Before there was, a, there was a copulation between the two, <laughs> that had to happen. The Apple deal had to happen. Right. So, I mean, I'm telling you, Adam was just getting excited right there. And Eve ran over and grabbed an apple real quick. It must have happened. <laughs> yeah, five minutes, you know? there, there's you no way. Yeah. So uh, I, I really do think it was very, very fast the fall happened. Okay. Uh, so your word, heaven. I thought a lot about this today. Uh, just to kind of not redirect, but go where my mind's going. No, no. This is the same <laughs> subject. Well, yeah, but it's different. Because you're looking at it as... Um, like it's turned into kind of slangish, I guess is a better, I don't know a better word to put it, but like just too like used nonchalantly, you know, you'll say like, everybody says everything's heaven. Yeah. And what heaven started out was, in my opinion, was where you go after you die. Yeah. Is what we're talking about. But the more you talk, the more I'm thinking, I say heaven, could be a lot of different things as far as, you know, when my daughter hit a great shot in volleyball or graduated from college or when she was born or my son, you know, <clears throat> all the amazing things he's done, you know, with the sports he played and graduating where his direction is and maybe heaven is, you know, there's, there's a lot of different heavens. So I, I thought a lot about that. Um, there's kind of a good segue actually. But that, uh, I thought a lot about that, and I think it's, uh, do you think it's being overused? Is that your point with that? When no, no, talking no. Earlier? no, that's fine. I mean, you can use it. I mean, you're, you're using it in an idiomatic way, just kind of an idiom of the day. I don't know like, what idiomatic means. Well, it's, it's, it's just a common way to say it for today. You know, like, uh, I'm in heaven right now. You know, Tad, this is so great. My life is going, that kind of thing. That, that's fine. I mean, we, you can use it that way, but I'm just talking properly speaking when we talk about heaven. We talk, uh, normally whenever you people say, in heaven, I'm going to dot, 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 right? What they mean is, after I die and forever, after in the afterlife. Would you call that a different word than heaven? I No, I just qualify it. I mean, if I use I heaven, qualify it, but is there, a different, is there a better word? No, no, it's it's fine. I mean, yes, think of heaven as this, where the place where God's presence resides. So if God's presence was in the Garden of Eden at the very beginning, which it was, right? Mm-hmm. He, he he walked in the garden with them and he and he, he was present in a way that uh, he's not present with us now before the fall happened. Then the Garden of Eden was heaven at that point, right? Yeah, but the Garden of Eden could be, I mean, that's a whole other topic. I mean, uh, well, just let's just put it this way for now. The Garden of Eden, the yeah, first place with, where man yeah, was yeah, on the earth. I guess I'm with, I'm with, I'm with. So the first place that man was on the earth at that point was heaven. And then the sin happened. God went to a different realm in his presence. I mean, his, the, the, there's so much to say about this because yes, God is timeless. God is spaceless. God doesn't have matter. That's the essence of God. But there's the presence of God that's here on the earth. And then there's the presence of God right now that is like where Jesus is at right now. Where is Jesus at? He's in heaven. And that's fine to say it that way. 
but I don't like it whenever we talk about heaven as uh, the afterlife, as if it is going to be the way it is in between before between when we die and when we were raised from the grave. Ultimately, this is what I want people's hope to be in. Uh, I want it to be in heaven, but I want it to really to be in a new on a new earth, the new earth, the way that we are today. God's purpose is going to be fulfilled. That is what redemption is about. You've heard the word redemption. Uh, we talk about being uh, the restoration of all things in the in the Bible, but redemption to redeem, to get back what was lost. So God is in the process ever since the garden of getting back what was lost in the garden. He had a plan, and it was like, hey, let's create these people share with ourselves. Because uh, that's all God is. I mean, he didn't create people to say, I want people to worship me and see how great I am. That's, that is, some people think that way, and that's just ridiculous. There's nothing to the Bible. All you see in the Bible is God giving to him from the very beginning. He gives man, he gives man, he gives man. He gives him the animals. He, he gives him the, the animals to name. He gives him the earth to subdue. He gives him the woman uh, to, and, and the, uh, the ability to uh, uh, create children. And he gives him the entire earth. He's just giving, giving, giving. He, you got to think of God being excited about giving all these things because he is sharing of himself. He's so why did he wait so long? How do you know he waited so long? How do you know he didn't? Well, for God, how, how can you wait so long if there's not a before and after? Well, because there's a beginning. There's a beginning for us. There's a beginning, beginning for him. If I all of a sudden knew, how long did it take for Superman to figure out he knew how to fly? I don't know. I guess the day you started floating. There you go. So why did it take uh, God? Or Smallville, at least. That's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you... Okay. How long... Think of God. Think of God. There's not a time whenever God does anything. In the God's essence, there's not a time he does everything. He experiences all things, all times, to the fullness at all in one, in an eternal now. He lives in the eternal now for him. There's no before and after. There's no There's no when am I going to do this type thing. In his essence, he experiences everything all at once. But in his presence, like let's say he, he decides to create everything, but he has, to, he has to create time. Time, space, and matter are corollaries. They all go together. You can't have one without the other. So whenever matter was created, time was created. Before time, there was no time. Do we understand that? Absolutely not. That's the thing that you can blow your mind over, but it, it has to be that God is timeless or therefore he is not God. If he is in time, then he is just a creature caught up with us. And a very powerful creature, yes, a Superman-like creature, but you can't really call him God properly speaking. He's not the creator because he didn't create time. He didn't create a space. He didn't create matter. You're saying three things at the same time. Do you realize that? No. Okay. There is no time. He created time. There is no time. There is no time with God in his essence. Well, I, I know for a fact that, uh, that uh, God does not have uh, numbers on his clock to kind of the journey I've gone through over the last couple of years. And I'm sure one of these days we'll go through my story, which will be boring to everyone. But um, uh, there is no, but there is time because what else would you call moments? Well, time, time is simply the measurement of movement. Think of it that way. There's no such thing as time in, in itself. I, there is time, but it's just a measurement of movement. So you, you measure the, the time a move, something moves 
from one place to another. If you, if you have total staticness, there's no such thing as time. So it's a measurement of movement. Um, God lives outside of time. He doesn't have movement because he doesn't have, he's not but made up. There's no time, but then God lived outside of it. So no, no, there's no time for God. There's no time for God. God in his essence, there is no time. Okay. Then he creates time and we experience it. Just like there's no matter. See why might be hard to kind of comprehend. No, 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 don't, don't worry if you can't comprehend this. You, you, you shouldn't be able to. But you should comprehend only this, the understanding that it is a necessary thing for God to be God. Because if you have, let, let me put it this way, okay? If you have God in time, then you have God in space and you have God in some type of matter, you know, gas or spirit or, or whatever else that floats around. If you have those things, then you have to answer the question, what created God? Because in time, there is a succession where you have... That's the next question, actually. Yeah, yeah. If you have have God in time, then you say, wait a minute, what created God then? Who created God? Philosophers, all the way back from Aristotle to uh, St. Anselm, Plato, everybody always understood there had to be an unmoved mover. There had to be a beginning point, and that beginning point had to transcend, be above the law of cause and effect. In order to be in the law, above the law of cause and effect, you have to be above time, because the law of cause and effect says, for every effect, there is an efficient cause. For everything that happens, you can find the cause behind it. The universe happened, therefore there is a cause for that. Yeah. But God did not happen, therefore he is above time. So God in his essence, there's a there's a essence just talking about stuff it's it's called ontology like my essence is skin and bones right this chair's essence is wood and leather essence ontology is what the stuff actually is and if you ask the question what actually is god all we can do is say what he's not he's not matter he's not in time and he's not in space and then we leave it at that now you i can't tell you how to understand that and if you said, hey, I get it, then I'd say, wait a minute, you're not understanding it then. Because that is, it's a necessary, he's called the necessary being. The necessary being has to be above time, space, and matter, the three corollaries, and create those out of nothing, not out of himself. He didn't, he doesn't, he, it, we're not part of God that he created. It's out of nothing. And that is a necessary thing, but it's also a mystery. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to wrap my head around that real quick. Well, let me let me put it this way. This, this is really good. Uh, the Greeks, Romans, Greek, uh, uh, Egyptians, Hindus today, they all believe in what's called polytheism. And in polytheism, there's many gods, right? And I say, okay, wait a minute. If you have many gods, who created each god? Who's the ultimate creator of all these gods? Let's say we go back to the, the Greeks or something. The Greeks don't even have an ultimate creator, really. But let's just say Zeus is the ultimate creator. No, it's Hercules, wasn't it? Was it Zeus? Yeah, Her- Hercules is half god. He's a demigod. Okay, right, right. But let's go back to Zeus and let's say Zeus is the ultimate creator. Uh, okay, where does Zeus live? He lives on Mount Olympus. Okay, so what does he look like? And they can tell you what he looks like. I say, okay, so he's in time and space. And so what you're saying to me is that he's the creator of all things. 
And they may say yes. They don't say this, but let's say they said yes. He's the creator of all things. And I said, well, okay, who created the matter and the space and everything that he lives in? Because he lives somewhere in this in this time-space continuum, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mount Olympus. Yeah. Who created that? Yeah. And you would, eventually you have to get up above the, all of created things. And you have to understand that ultimately the God we're looking for, the definition of God, is not only who we worship, but who is the creator of all things, including time, space, and matter. And if he's the creator of time, space, and matter, he doesn't exist in time, space, and matter. So why is everything an argument? Why can't it just be black and white? Well, we make you know, arguments. Everything seems to be like, we got Zeus, we've got Buddha, we've got all these other religions. And, and, and I had a conversation with a buddy of mine today uh, about you, actually, and about this. But it was, um, <clears throat> there's, there's um, spirituality and there is religion. And I'm trying to figure out why all this is such a thing when we're all believing the same guy, which is, I call guy, he's God, but I look at him like he's my dad, so I can call him what, in my terms. If we're all going to the same heaven, we're all, everything's happening the same way. Why are there so many different beliefs if it's so matter of fact in the Bible? I don't think it's a matter of fact in the Bible. I think it's pretty black and white. I mean, I there's a lot of issues what you're talking about. Oh, I think there's a lot of gray, but I think it's it's all going from the same spirit. It's all coming from the same soul. Well, uh, if you're talking, are you talking about why uh, if a bunch of Christians believe the same thing about Jesus, we're all going to the same place, or just everybody believes something about God and therefore they're going to the same place? Everybody. Well, what, mean, about Hindus? Hindus. what about Hindus? Huh? What about Hindus? I don't know anything about that, man. Okay, so, what about uh, yeah. Islam or what about? This is why. This is why. This is why I ask you questions. I don't know this stuff, Michael. I hear stuff from people that tell hey, me dude, stuff. Dude, don't take offense. I'm just. I'm just. It's the way I talk. You know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I don't know. Like, I, I can't have honestly. I'm never gonna know. Like, John two twelve. Yeah, you will. One day you'll know John two twelve. I won't. I don't know John two twelve. Oh, just, just, just humor me for a minute, please. <laughs> but when people start throwing out stuff like that, it's like, um, you know, it's like Republicans, and Democrats talking about policies and stuff like that. I can talk to you about that all day long, and and I'll and I'll I will I will clearly win. But <laughs> on, but with this, like, I'm not going to know the Bible. Why weren't you? You're just starting out, Tad. You're just you're just getting excited about this. You already know probably more than fifty percent of the people out there. Oh God! But I don't. I'm never going to know verses because I don't have any interest in that. You know, I, saying, I, can't pass I, I have I have uh, somebody from the Discord. Oh, he just joined. Hey, hey, Linton. If you can hear me, I don't know. Oh, wait, hold on, just a second. My Discord server on uh, my Patreon page. Trying to make sure I keep up with these these guys, but Tad, uh, it's just like your job. I mean, you know everything about the medical community uh, in your area of expertise on that community, right? Yeah. And and why? Because you spent time in it. Because you're interested. I cared about it. 
yeah, you cared about it. And the things you care about, you'll start to know. I mean, it's not it's not as if we're going to. But I feel like I lean on you as a crutch because I don't need to know it. And you've been so amazing to me in so many different ways. But Yeah, for... but Ed, you're always critical and you always think through things and you never just accept what I say. You never have. I mean, we've been having this discussion since 17 years old. I mean, and, and you you just came around 20 years ago, and you're still coming around, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, there's you get you get through, you know, there's you get through stuff, and then, yeah. uh, but it's uh, yeah. But listen to this. You, but you keep this. learning. Go let ahead. me let me tell you. Let me say two things that are real quick and simple, and then you can follow up. Number one, not everybody's going to the same place. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So there's, and he said, he said, narrow is the gate that leads to destruction. And wide is the gate, narrow is the gate that leads to life. And wide is the gate that leads to destruction. So generally speaking, from a biblical standpoint, this is hard to accept. There are fewer people that are going to make it to, that are going to want to be with the Lord than all those who won't want to be with him. That's a good way to put it. Instead of saying they're going to heaven and hell, heaven is people who want to be with the Lord. Hell is the place where people don't want to be with the Lord. I want you to say that verse again, if you don't mind. Uh, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I know that one. The other one. Uh, which one was it? The I narrow think. gate. Huh? Oh, the narrow, uh, the narrow gate. Let me let me bring it up real quick. I'll get it. I'll get it exactly right. Let me get my Bible works here. But listen, listen also. Uh, about the the, the disagreements because you asked uh, why is there so many disagreements and i i think it's i think it's a great thing that there's disagreements and i'll tell you why but here let me tell you this verse for first it's matthew chapter 7 13 it says enter through the narrow gate for wide is the, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and few find it. <laughs> that might be a topic at our next show. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a great topic. I mean, because... I um, have so many questions about that. Let me, let me answer the question, though, also about uh, just disagreements. And I'm talking about disagreements among, let's say, me and my buddies uh, at seminary or... Or me and, you know, as people that are in my Patreon. Or me with people on my blog. We're all believers in Christ. We all believe that he died and rose for our sins. We're covered, right? Done. Uh, from a biblical standpoint, we are covered. And we may disagree about everything else on the planet. Maybe Republicans and Democrats. and I mean, just completely opposite. But all of us know that we're sinners and our only hope is Christ. We're all we're all going to be with the Lord forever on the new earth. But I love the disagreements and I love that God kept them oh, you did. Yeah. because it sharpens you. I mean, how much, let, let's just say if God just gave us a book and said, here's an answer to everything. You, do I, you know what? After you don't I have to work it, through this. Don't I wrestle through it. Look, I know where you're going with this. No disagreements, anything like that. Yeah, but, I get it. But the struggle what a great thing it is. I mean, in the end, you may be wrong, but at least you're honestly wrong. You've worked through it. And you've you, you've got scars and wounds and limps and everything as you've gone through the battle of trying to understand. Um, and that's that's the way that I, I love to learn. 
you know it's like i said last time i always compare it to law you know there's one law book but there's a million lawyers that yeah. can interpret it different ways it is this to me is so um i and maybe because i'm biased and it's because it's you but i uh i take your way from it and so i'm like why didn't everybody believe this yeah. <laughs> you know michael said it why yeah. do i believe this yeah well, you well, know, when we first start, too, I mean, that's an easy way to go about it. You just think everybody else is done. Well, I'm not first starting. We've been doing this for a little while. But I'll, I'll, no, I'll no, no, no. Let's say when we first start in deep theology. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the thing, I don't know why it's happening now, but um, it should have happened. Well, it, it goes, honestly, it goes in waves. I'll start, like, get real into it, and then life will happen, and then I'll step back, and then... I'll get back into it. Then life happens. It's 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 a wave, but right now I'm in a, a happy place, and I'm. Uh, it seems like when I'm a dark place, nothing really works out. Yeah. When I when I believe in it, but when yeah. I'm in a happy place, everything's great. Well, that's how it is for me so, too. Uh, I mean, it's huh? easy, it's easy and fun whenever you like God, but whenever you're not you're not liking Him, it's. I mean, like. I was reading. I was reading yesterday or day before yesterday my Bible reading because I had to go through the Bible every every morning. You know the entirety of the Bible. It's really good. You got to do that sometime. Just yeah. Get, what's that thing you sent me? You sent me some. Um, it's probably the same through the Bible thing. I'll send it to you again. Yeah. But, yeah. but there's, there's, there's a passage where David, King David, is carrying the. Uh, he he's got all these people and they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, which is just the ark that contained the Ten Commandments, but it was kind of this real holy thing where before Christ, that's where people would meet God. And he's carrying the ark. Everybody's carrying the ark of the covenant, and David's excited because he's just became king, and he's bringing it into Israel, and he's dancing and singing. And then, and then, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, that Basil. I, I forget. Uzziah. Uzziah. The ark started to fall off the the donkey. And started to fall over, and Uzziah ran over and touched the ark to hold it up, and God struck him dead. And I'm like, "What in the world?" That seems fair. Yeah, it just it really it, it pisses you off, and you're <laughs> like, "That that's not fair." But the thing that's really cool to me, and I, I like this, I don't understand why God did it. First of all, and it doesn't make me mad, but I I understand at the same time that who am I to be mad at God? That's back in the cowboy days. I'm, I'm borrowing. I'm borrowing Jesus. from his justice to get him for this, but, but, but I'm David. Sure Costner, it says, I'm, sure it says, Costner, I'm sure Costner was there. It had to be something to do with the movie or something. <laughs> well, David got mad at God. It said he got angry and scared at God, and I'm glad it said that because it's like that's the feeling I have. It doesn't explain it to you in the sense of, hey, let me help you understand this. Don't get mad at me. Here, here's why I did it, and please. God doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's not in that business. If you get mad at him, he's going to like, told me this before that, because I've, I've, you and I have talked, and, and you said he's not that um, petty. Uh, yeah. But, Michael, what you've gone through in your life uh, and still believe as strong as you do is inspiring to me. And it's the only reason I still believe. Because no one has gone through as much as you on this planet. Nobody, and you're still loving him and promoting him, and uh, you're the first one that would be the one to not. And it, it's just uh, 
it's uh, I was talking to Ron about this the other day. I said, you know, we talked about heaven. I think we we're talking about heaven today. And then my neighbor came over. I'm like, this guy has um, every reason not to believe in God. And all you've done is study more. It's, it's almost like the worst things that happen to you, the more you study. You know, does that make, am I saying that okay? Can I say that? You'll yeah. probably cut this out. But yeah, it, it was, um, it's inspiring to me because you know what I've gone through the last couple of years. You've, you've been the biggest provider. You've, you've helped me in a million ways. But this, the more I look at it now with a clear head uh, and, and not be in a survival mode, you're just, you have every reason to not believe all you're believing and all you're doing is studying this. You keep studying because you want to know why. And that's passion. Yeah. Well, you know, here, here's the best thing I can say about that is I have told you this before. Now, I think we talked about it the whole time I was going through this. This was a long time ago. Whenever I first started getting really excited about the Lord, remember, and I was at All American and stuff, and I was reading all the time on the bike reading. Yeah, yeah. Um, Best waiter of all time, by the way. What's that? Best waiter of all time. <laughs> it was, I mean, at the Biltmore, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I went through, I was... I went through Job as the first book I studied, and I probably listened to it, uh, I don't know how many times. I mean, just over and over and over again. And I don't know why I went through that first, but, it, you know, I mean, here's Job. And you did this, too, recently, which is kind of funny to me. It's it's like, why are you reading Job, Tad? And you're like, I don't know. I love it. And you, and you really did. I mean, you went through you went through the entire book. We called. You talked to me about it every day. And this was just, what, two years ago or a year ago? And um it's like that prepares you it's not as if god is setting you up for failure it'd be set up for failure if god said hey listen you follow me and i'm going to give you everything and nothing's going to go wrong but basically he does start off with i mean the book of job the entire thing is about suffering it's the first book chronologically speaking the first book that is in the bible genesis isn't first job came before it because job was before moses and so you have the very first thing that God did is he told us, hey, let me tell you, before you come over here and before you start, it may be really, really hard. And then if you accept that, if you step across the line then, then you can make it from then on out. But if you if you hide that kind of idea, let's don't let him read the book of Job till the very end. You know, let's let him read all the nice stuff, you know, the, all the stuff about heaven and what it's going to be like and how much God loves us and what Jesus did, that kind of stuff. Then then you're going to be set up. You're setting yourself up for failure in a lot of ways. And so I think it's I think it's understanding that I, I was lucky to go through that first. And I'm glad that you went through it. And not only did you go through the book of Job at the time, but you loved it. I did. And but what's interesting, and this is God's sense of humor is that there's a Job, and there's a Paul, and there's a Jezebel, right? Yeah. Or Jezebel, or whatever. And it's all about wanting, to me. I mean, to me, and Paul's not so much, but, oh, my God, I am learning. Oh, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> but look at me, Michael. I'm learning. But, I know. Yeah. I know. I think we're going to have to stop right now. You know why? Because I care. No, no. I think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting. No, no, no. I said, I think we're going to have to stop right now. You know why? Why? Because I don't think I'm recording. 
It shows that it's streaming. It's not my fault. 